0: Eat, Drink, DFW, from the Dallas Morning News, is made possible by Central Market.
1: Hey, North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week, we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and this week we're lamenting the recent losses of a longtime favorite restaurant, as well as a bold newcomer. We'll discuss how Knox Street has changed over the years and how it might not be for the better. And Chef Dustin Lee of Beast & Co. joins us to share his thoughts on the Fort Worth restaurant scene. Is it a real food city or does it have a long way to go? We're going to get a little bit opinionated and it all gets started right after this.
2: Central Market is really into food. Like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since Grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are, too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food after this for information on our show and additional food and drink stories. We'd love for you to share your thoughts with us as well at eatdrink at dallasnews.com and a quick request for returning Eat Drink DFW listeners. If you keep coming back for new episodes and enjoy what you're hearing, please leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We'd sure appreciate it. We're kicking off the show today with food writers Sarah Blaskovich, Claire Baller, and Imelda Garcia to share the latest restaurant news. And the biggest news recently was that longtime time Knox Street restaurant Laduni is closing its doors. And Sarah, you reported on this. What was their reason for
3: closing? The owner, Taco Borga, says that they lost their lease after 22 years on McKinney Avenue. That Laduni was the first one, and then they opened others across the city and four of them closed at the beginning of the pandemic. So the Ladouni that many of us remember from more than 20 years ago was, was the one. Um, and now, of course, it too has closed. And Taco talked quite a bit about how Knox Street has changed and how Laduni couldn't and maybe didn't change with it. So it's one of the hottest restaurant blocks right now. There's a lot of high profile restaurants there and probably expensive rent. He said if Laduni were to stick around, it would need to be different. He would need to redo the dining room. They'd need to put a lot of money in it, into it. And as you can probably guess by closing four restaurants at the beginning of the pandemic and then eking their way through, you know, a couple of really difficult years, they don't have the money or even the interest in turning Laduni into a present day Knox Street restaurant, which is sad because people really love it.
4: I'm new here and I've been hearing a lot of stuff of this Laduni place. Why did people love that, that place? I mean, the comments on social, it's a big lamenting of this news. Yes,
3: yeah, so Laduni served Latin food all day long, but was really known for, in my estimation, two things. Brunch, and we are a brunch town in Dallas, and then also all of their pastries. So Taco's wife, Dunia, makes all of the pastries and also sells custom cakes They were both also really known in the restaurant. So anybody who'd eaten at Laduni more than a couple of times knew Taco or knew Dunia or knew both of them. So it really did feel like this homegrown, family-owned restaurant. And that spirit is important to a lot of folks, me included. And it, it just felt like they were really deeply involved in their Dallas restaurant.
1: Yeah, it was just really a nice place to be. Like, it was charming. And we actually had our wedding brunch there. Oh, So cool. 15 years ago and our out-of-town guests still rave about it. And it really was, Sarah, like you say, Taco and Dunia are there and you just felt like very welcomed. It was very homey. But I can also see why that vibe doesn't quite fit with the new Knox Street vibe.
3: Yeah, there's so much new on Knox. Not just new buildings, but also new food. Yeah. So we also have to wonder how long will those buildings be there? Will they be apartments someday? Will they be high rises with, you know, fancy out-of-town restaurants in the bottom? There are local operators still on Knox, I should say. You know, there's Stefan Corso, who has La Bilbo K and Georgie and Knox Bistro. And there's the Lombardi family that has Toulouse and Taverna. Those are local people running local restaurants. But we also now have some out of town folks. It'll be a higher end mix than it ever has been.
1: Yeah. Like back when I was hanging out at Laduni, we were also going to Wild About Harry's and then shopping at Froggy's 5 and 10. Yep. And then going
3: down to the soda shop. Highland Park Soda Fountain, which is not there anymore and will be a new restaurant from a Dallas operator. They've kept the facade, but of course it won't be a soda fountain.
1: That whole vibe is kind of gone. And I guess maybe I'm dating myself, but it's definitely a new era of Knox Street. And I guess we had a lot of readers and listeners share their memories from Laduni.
3: Yeah. I asked in my weekly restaurant news newsletter just for people to share. And I got so many guys. I think it would be neat if we all read one. There are four and there are four of us. Okay. Julie, before we read these, you want to tell your Laduni story? Ladouni had the best, it was like this uh, champagne and orange chicken. It was the best chicken I've ever had in my life. I've never tasted anything close to it. But whenever I'd go to Ladouni, that same one on Knox, with my girlfriends, and they would all get these like little salads or something small, and I would be eating this gigantic (laughs) chunk of chicken, which is big enough for two people, but I wouldn't share it because I only got to eat it like once or twice a year. But I would deal with the embarrassment of eating this massive
5: plate of food just because it was so amazing. And I'm heartbroken. Like, I have no idea if I'll ever have that again. You should uh, see if they'll give you the recipe. I'd find a way to ruin it, Claire.
3: You want to go first? Oh,
1: sure. Okay, so the first email comes from Marisol Tim, a Plano resident. Thank you for collecting these Ladouni memories. This has been my favorite restaurant since shortly after they opened. I've celebrated many occasions at Laduni, like Mother's Days and birthdays, but there are some very special occasions that happened here. I celebrated my 30th birthday with a beautiful dinner on the patio when I was very pregnant with my now 16-year-old. This was also the very first outing I took with her as a newborn when she was two weeks old. It was also where my husband proposed to me. Oh, The whole team came out to congratulate us and gave us champagne and a heart-shaped cookie to mark the occasion. My kids love to visit, one for the food and the other for the robots, and especially love a chance to talk to Dooney or Taco. La Dooney has been such a staple in our lives for
3: so many years, it's honestly hard to imagine Dallas without it. I love that she mentioned the robots because we hadn't talked yet. (laughs) One of the things that Taco did was he invested in these two robots to run food because it was expensive to hire servers. And he thought that most servers didn't want to run their food. This is an efficiency point that he thought a human can't necessarily do better and doesn't want to do. So how can we let machines replace humans when it's appropriate? And he's the only person I've met in Dallas who is totally obsessed with how to use technology to make restaurants work better. I've never met anybody who wants to do as much as he does. And the robots were sort of controversial. We wrote a story about it a couple of years ago. It's like Laduni has turned into the Jetsons kind of thing because the robots like have personalities and they talk to you and mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, it's wow. it's pretty wacky. Some people loved it. And he said some people really did not.
1: Yeah. I saw some of the Instagram comments were like, once they went to robots, I was out of there.
3: Yeah. Which is so funny. I didn't think people would care. But I will say I've been in the restaurant when the robots are zooming around and it's it's really odd It makes sense from a cost perspective, but we weren't there yet, it seemed, as diners. They were kind of ahead of the curve. Imelda,
4: do you want to read your Laduni memory from a reader? Yeah, this is from Teddy Clyde. It says, aside from Trinity Hall on Mockingbird, the news of Laduni closing is the most tragic. Since I moved here about five years ago, it has been one of my favorites. I have a wonderful memory from when I was getting started post-college and figuring out the adult world. Our office had summer Fridays, and I spent my first one at La Duni where I treat myself to lunch, the rice salad. I think it was the first time I ate at a restaurant alone, which I now love. Oh, my God. Teddy Clyde. Oh, This is a <laughs> wonderful testimony. It is special to find a place where you want to eat alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That's Hard to yeah. do.
5: Not yeah. if there's robots. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and one's like a
5: kitty cat robot. Like she has a yeah. kitty cat face. They were the <laughs>
1: cutest robots I've ever seen.
5: <laughs> okay, Claire, your turn. Okay, this one is from Don Knowlton. She said, I was fortunate to enjoy a private dinner with the Texas Chefs Association at La Duni about 10 years ago. That night before dinner, Taco showed us how to make the perfect mojito. I still enjoy his mojito regularly and can attest that it is perfect.
3: Okay, I have one more. It's from Liz Barron. She co-owns Blue Mesa Grill with her husband, Jim Barron. Um, And the two of them used to be part owners of Talenti, which is a gelateria that was on Knox Street in the early 2000s. And this was before you could get Talenti in retail stores. So she says when they were on Knox Street, quote, Dunya would come by in the morning with a big basket of pastries, Dulce de Leche Pecan muffins, chocolate orange twists walnut cinnamon coffee cake among others she's not only an amazing pastry chef but a sweet humble beautiful and dear soul she was a real pleasure to work with i was really sorry to hear about the Laduni closing uh, you know i love the relationship between restaurant operators and mm-hmm. we don't always get a glimpse inside those but mm-hmm. how beautiful can't you just picture dunia walking down the street with a basket of
5: pastries
1: that is so yeah. dunia like she kind of described her perfectly
5: so what happens now that it's closed, Sarah? Also, does this mean that its presence at the at and Food Hall is going away? Aha. So there exists now just one restaurant at
3: at and Food Hall. It is simply a vending machine that sells cake and flan in jars. So that place will stay. And Taco's vision is to open more of those vending machines all around the city or even the region or beyond with the idea that Dunia can still make her pastries and she'll still make custom cakes at their design district commissary but that then you and I can buy them all over the city. And it's really funny when Taco called me to tell me that his restaurant was closing, he called me and he said, Sarah, I have great news. He said, I have an idea to put vending machines all over the city that don't have to be manned by a human, which is like all of me and Taco's conversations, which is like his idea about how to automate the good things about restaurants. And he said, but also because we're gonna do that and for some other reasons, we're closing Laduni on McKinney Avenue at Knox. And I said, um, Taco, you buried the lead a little bit. That seems like a very big deal that you're closing a your restaurant. And of course it is. But his way to describe it was to explain how excited he is for what is to come, which seems to embody the spirit of him.
1: Yeah, that sounds a lot like Viv's fridges. We had Chef Vivian Howard on a while back, um, and she was all about the automation and having those those fridges that you could go and get whole chef-prepared meals, and I remember us talking about which restaurateurs and
3: chefs here in Dallas would do that, and it's it's taco. It is taco, but RIP to Laduni. Wonderful place, good memories there, and I feel strongly that we'll see more from them.
1: Alright, thanks everyone. Stick around as we're joined by Chef Dustin Lee of Beast & Co. Restaurant in Fort Worth. That's right after this. Welcome back, everyone. We have a special guest today, Chef Dustin Lee, owner of the recently closed Beast & Co. restaurant in Fort Worth. Imelda recently wrote about the closing of the restaurant exactly one year after it opened. And Dustin had a lot of things to share with us.
4: Okay, Dustin, your restaurant closed exactly one year after you opened it. Why did you decide to close your doors?
0: Uh, well, you know, uh, it's been a few months coming actually i didn't really want to close the doors i kept fighting i kept fighting we took out a lot of different loans we tried different uh, menu variations different formats and it really just didn't work the truth of the matter is is that we didn't have a lot of support tuesday wednesday thursday a big night for us on those days was going to be, I don't know, eight to 16 people, which is, you know, well below our capacity. So we just didn't have many bites at the apple, so to speak.
3: Did it feel like Beast and Company was like a special occasion place or maybe just a Saturday spot? Did that feel like the problem?
0: No, I don't think so, right? I mean, when you think about it, People go to restaurants all the time. We had changed our menu to a a prefix menu. So during the week you could get for $45, you could get a three course prefix menu. We thought that that may draw in some more customers. And it turns out that it drew in 80% less customers.
3: Oh, how interesting. So it seemed as though the prefix, the fixed menu became a deterrent.
0: I don't know. You know, there's a lot of things that go into, you know, your decision to go to a particular restaurant restaurant or not. Whether that's the location, whether that's uh, the menu itself, what draws you into eat at a restaurant? I don't know.
5: Dustin, can you tell us what was the vision behind this restaurant and what went into the menu that you created? What was the idea there? What was the purpose?
0: So I'm from Houston, right? And I've always been inspired by the Houston food scene. What I think that is really interesting about the Houston food scene is how it just seamlessly melts all of these different cultures, different ingredients, different techniques, and it just kind of seamlessly comes together. I was just trying to bring that kind of culture to Fort Worth. I saw the very beginnings of a food scene here in Dallas. I think that uh, the food scene here is really picking up. It's really becoming very interesting. Uh, Of course, everybody knows about Houston. Everybody knows about Austin. Fort Worth just seemed like an interesting market to me. There were some really cool people, very artsy kind of people. And I wanted to kind of bring my spin on things to Fort Worth.
4: You changed your career, right? To be there at Fort Worth with your restaurants.
0: Oh, yeah. Actually, my job was to fly all over the world and do events with a Fortune 500 company. My title was global marketing manager, but that just meant the guy that took people out to dinner. Uh, that Fine. was a, oh, <laughs> it's a it's a really cool gig if you can get it. Yeah. But, you know, with uh, COVID and the pandemic kind of raging on, they didn't need somebody like that. So, you know, they unceremoniously kicked me to the curb there. Looking back, I wanted to open a restaurant my whole life. I'd been studying cooking for a long time now. And then I was driving down Magnolia feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> um, if you will. And then I, I saw this big pink kind of utilitarian looking building. Then of course it had a for lease sign there. When I was finally able to enter the space, I was like, oh wow, this is this is for us. Place was in shambles, guys. I mean, it was <laughs> it was absolutely awful. The roof had fallen in on the kitchen. There was black mold. If you touched the walls inside the dining room, you could actually bleed grease out of the Whoa. out of the uh, the drywall there. So <laughs> it was absolutely disgusting. We just had a small crew, we didn't have a whole lot of money to start this thing up, but we knew it was something that we wanted to bring to Fort Worth.
3: And what's the short way to describe the menu?
0: We'd like to describe it as, okay, Fort Worth is where the American South meets the Wild Wild West. And we really wanted to kind of bring that toughness and that attitude with our cooking. So we put in some spicy Asian dishes, some um, dishes that we knew from South Carolina, North Carolina. Can you pick a favorite dish?
3: Or is there a story about a dish that you just, you know, were crazy for?
0: Honestly, they're all my babies. So I don't, I can't really say one or the other. I will say the dish that I ate the most. Was the pork collar and field peas dish? You just have this like porky goodness, and then the greens, the collard greens.
5: You guys clearly created this place with Fort Worth fully in mind. Why do you think you guys had a hard time getting people in the door?
0: I honestly don't know. I mean, we did have some problems with the city, it's not very welcoming to outside entrepreneurs. That being said, we did have a lot of really good regulars. We loved our regulars. We loved everything that we were doing. We just never got past the fact that we needed more butts in the seats, as it were.
5: What is that number that you would have needed to make it work?
0: We're talking 16 seats a day is the difference between going broke and making very good money. It's really that razor thin of a margin.
3: And 16 people, that's four four tops. I mean, that's that's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. And you had said, Imelda wrote a story about your restaurant, and you told her that Fort Worth is not a real food city. Can you explain more what you mean by that?
0: Okay. This is the most controversial thing. And look, I am kind of a controversial guy. I just kind of shoot from the hip. But Fort Worth is not a real food city. I don't care what you say. Fort Worth is a ghost town on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and sometimes Friday. They just don't support local businesses those days. Fort Worth is what I would call a Saturday night town, kind of like maybe Abilene or Midland or someplace like that, where after the football games, you go out to eat. But you're going to go home and kind of close your doors and be kind of reclusive other times of the week. It's not just our restaurant, right? I mean, you could go to Don Artemio right now. You could go to La Onda. La Onda just closed, by the way, unfortunately. But yeah, top 50 best restaurants in America by Bon Appetit. Can't muster 30 people to eat on a Saturday night. That's incredible to me. And that's not indicative of a real food city. Try to get a reservation at Lucia or the Charles. You can't get a reservation there. Sometimes weeks, sometimes months. In Fort Worth, I mean, we could leave. Right now, we could go to Don Artemio and just walk in. You know, you shouldn't be able to do that at a James Beard finalist restaurant. That's all I mean by it.
4: Do you think your project will have been successful in any any other city of the Metroplex?
0: Oh, 100%. I'm not going to name cities, but I have had uh, multiple cities reach out. We're kind of weighing our options to see, but um, there's also the fact that we're looking for diverse tastes, diverse taste buds, if you will. Fort Worth has traditionally been fried food, steakhouse, burger, barbecue, that sort of thing. We didn't do that, and so it didn't really fit in.
5: What do you think needs to happen for Fort Worth to be a hospitable place for restaurants like yours?
0: they got to go out more. That's it. That's all you got to do. It's not enough to be proud that these restaurants exist. You have to go out and you have to spend money at these places. I mean, we don't make money off of Pride. We make money off of butts in the seats. Go out, buy a bottle of wine, hang out with your friends, spend money at these places. That's all we're asking. This was never meant to be a career ender, especially for my former employees. If you're considering hiring one of my employees, this is all on me, guys. This is all on me. You got to listen to their experience. You've got to listen to their abilities and their talents because they were the heart of the Beasting Company. That good food, those you know high marks that we were receiving, the national attention that we were getting from Eater and other publications, that was all on them. Like The business side of things failed because I didn't do enough research into the community. It has nothing to do with them.
4: I saw your post on Facebook, and you said that the community is losing not just a restaurant, but a place that is very inclusive. You are very inclusive with your guests, with your employees.
0: Yeah, that was one of the most important hallmarks about the and Company. We were just united by producing this awesome product and this really good service. I hope people get to experience
3: your food and your place in a different city someday. And I would love to watch what happens then, Dustin.
0: Thanks. I mean, we are, I'm not done. <laughs> like, I'm not dead yet, guys. I mean, <laughs> like, so let's not... Uh, write the obituary yet. We're not done. We're going to start looking for a new spot. New things are on the horizon. I promise you. Thank
1: you very much for being with us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you so share your food thoughts, favorite restaurants or tasty recipes with us at eatdrink@dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear please rate the show and give us a good review find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen you'll also find a special membership offer there
0: just for listeners
1: for the news i'm aaron bookie thanks for listening and we'll see you next week
2: eat drink dfw from the dallas morning news is made possible by central market